Welcome back to Trader Talk, the podcast that focuses on trading education for beginners and experienced traders. Each episode, we will sit down with a trader to discuss various strategies and tips to improve your edge, as well as the risks associated with trading and investing. Thank you to my sponsor, eToro, for powering this series. eToro makes trading easy by giving quick access to the world's most popular digital currencies with low fees and social trading features in one simple app, allowing you to trade and invest on the go. I have Wolf here. How are you doing today, Wolf? Hey, thanks for uh, having me. I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm good, thanks. So um, the purpose of this show is we're going to talk about trading. I'm going to ask Wolf some questions, and hopefully you guys can learn something from it. So um, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, Wolf? Uh, yeah, obviously my real name's not Wolf. <laughs> but well, uh, but the, my online alias, uh, it, it first used to be you know, the, the, the infamous Wolf of Poloniex. And uh, now I'm at I'm Not The Wolf on Twitter and YouTube. Okay. So why don't we talk about, um, how did you get into trading? Um, well, trading in, in and of itself is basically, uh, luck, I guess you could say. And in the, in like 2015, 2016, when the market was going down and sideways, um, I was just investing like 200, $250 every paycheck into my, um, into my Coinbase account. And over time, as the market dumped down, I remember buying into Ethereum at like $8. I was buying in at like 16 or something. And it went all the way down to eight. That's when I stopped because I was about to panic and sell, but I just held on to it. Um, but once it launched up to, I think it was like $66 or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was like a huge spike up. Um, my holdings obviously increased by a lot. And then, uh, and it came that crashed to like 33 and then it went back up to 55. And when I, when I saw the charts on, on my little, you know, Coinbase app, I saw if, if I would have, I thought if I would have sold up here and bought down here, I would have made so much more money right now. Cause right. It's so easy to, you know, sell the top and buy the bottom. Right? Of course. Right. <laughs> everyone, everyone does that 10, 10 strike rate. Yeah. It's uh, j- just as easy as that. So, um, so once I had that, in my head, I tried, I just went on Google and, and started learning about like how I can, you know, play the stock markets and stuff like that. And that's when I learned about trading and technical analysis. And then from there, the rabbit hole just uh, went deeper and deeper. So did you, did getting into crypto or buying Bitcoin, did that kind of st- like, did that inspire you to start learning to trade traditional assets? Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I always knew a little bit about investing and like the whole inflation and, you know, you shouldn't really keep money in the bank, et cetera, et cetera. You know, short banks like Bitcoin. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, um, the, but the traditional markets, I never really fully like traded or invested. I, I, I did start with cryptocurrency and now I've, you know, diversified into basically gold and S&P 500 are the, are the major legacy products, I guess you can say that I trade. Okay. Um, but for the most part, I mostly trade Bitcoin, gold, and S&P on leverage, and then altcoins if I want to get a little bit degenerate in the spot market. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes sense. So did so let's talk a little bit about like how you learned to trade, because you said you started Googling and stuff and then kind of teaching yourself that way. So was there like a specific, is there like a specific book or a specific series that you used to kind of help you get into that? Because um, I don't 
I don't know if the audience knows, but when you trade traditional markets opposed to cryptocurrency markets and even Bitcoin, it's a lot different because they all, each product essentially moves differently. Bitcoin moves differently than altcoins. Altcoins generally follow or do the inverse and then the stock market moves extremely slow. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the stock markets definitely uh, sort of respect technical analysis a little bit better. So yeah, so it's, it's a little bit of a different beast on, on all aspects. Um, but for the most part, just the general basis of technical analysis um, can be applied on, on each and every market. Now, it may, the market may have different sort of behavior. Like, for example, Bitcoin just loves to break out of uh, rising wedges when they're usually supposed to be tops on Bitcoin. They uh, tend to not really matter that much. Right. Um, <laughs> I've been so, I've been liquidated and stopped out God knows how many times <laughs> for yeah, not respecting I mean, me, that pattern. Me me too, me too. With Bitcoin it's uh it's always a gamble. But um but for the most part technical analysis um can be applied on on everything. And if for, to answer your, your initial question about where where I learned um how to trade, like some of the uh websites and stuff that I learned, the biggest ones that I always shell out to people that are completely free, even though I think one of them has like paid stuff now, but Investopedia was the one that I learned the most from. Mm -hmm. um, they used to have a free trading course, whatever. I think now it's paid. I'm not sure, but if you get if you guys Google through or maybe use like a what is that called, like a Wayback Machine or whatever, you could probably access the free stuff. Um, and then StockCharts.com is another really good one that that I mostly tr learned off of. However, I also like to shell Baby Pips. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I didn't use that myself, but I learned about it after the fact. And I've gone through it myself, you know, after I already learned everything. And I can say that it is, uh, it is definitely a pretty good um, free educational source for people just starting off. Do you think people need to join a paid group to get that edge? No. To learn? Mm -mm. No? Okay. Definitely not. But I, but I, I understand that some people just don't want to it depends on how people learn. Like I'm very much Montessori teaching, which means like I absorb information more when I'm asking questions or I'm like diving deep into something. Um, it's just easier to remember. It's like how, you know, the, the founders of Google sort of learned growing up and all that stuff. It's just a different, um, different type of, of education, I guess you could say. But some individuals don't, can't learn from, researching everything themselves they they need to be told like they need structured learning where uh or structured education where you know someone tells you okay research this research this research this instead of going out and trying to find it themselves so if you're that sort of individual and you kind of want to like take the shortcuts on what to learn instead of just learning everything because there's so much information on technical analysis then i can understand if those individuals do want to spend you know money on finding someone who who trades professionally and is good to teach you. But with that being said, you have to make sure whoever you're learning from, you have to do the, the research to make sure that you're not getting scammed because there's mm -hmm. tons of people out there that are, you know, just, just scammers. They, um, they over promise and under deliver or, uh, or they're just blatant scammers. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of that out there. So definitely be careful with so there's a difference between like a paid group and like a signals group. Like there's mm -hmm. some paid groups that they do offer like educational resources to where you pay them X amount of dollars. You can go in and you can ask questions. And then with these signals groups, they promise you these 
things and yeah. sometimes that's not <laughs> the case. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I tend to find that most groups are hybrid. Um, okay. But there are, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of the ones that are like kind of blatant scams are usually these sort of signal, signal groups, right? Um, and the reason why is because I mean, I would say that not all of them are, are, are scams either, but a lot of a lot of people that are just shelling a, a, a signal group and that's it. And basically, oh, you know, don't learn anything. You just follow what I say and you'll get rich quick. Um, There's, there is no rich quick, guys, at all, exactly. ever, 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 especially when you're trading, because if it, well, there was a rich quick procedure or protocol, everybody would be rich. living <laughs> in Malibu. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the, the, the thing that I think a lot of um, members, I guess you could say clients or, or just uh, people that, that sign up for these sort of things, um, the thing that sucks for them and for people that are legitimate, you know, um, traders just trying to monetize off of their content or whatever is that everyone has weak hands for the most part. So what, what a lot of, if you're new, what you have to realize is that everyone has something called a drawback. So it doesn't matter if someone's making like 500, 1000% ROI in you know, three, four or five months, they're gonna have a drawback. And the drawback is basically from the peak of whatever, the, whatever it's at, uh, from whatever the peak is of the performance, all the way down to like the lowest point of, um, of, the, of, of, of a, a losing streak basically. That's called the drawback. So whenever these drawbacks happens, what really tends to happen is uh, someone goes into a crazy winning streak and, and then someone, and then other people hear about them, they get shilled into the group or whatever. And then after a winning streak, usually a losing streak happens or a drawback always happens. No one's ever gonna have a 100% hit rate. Right. And, and, then, and then once that drawback happens, people have weak hands and they leave. When in reality, they should be just like in the market, you know, they should be getting in when they have the drawback and you know that they're an actual like good trader and then wait for them to have that winning streak to go upwards. But it's, uh, it's, it's hard to find that, I guess you could say. And I guess we can kind of tell everybody from, you know, from hearing you speak that, you know, when you are trading, you're not going to have 10, 10, you're not going to have like a successful winning streak. Like let's say you take five trades a week, maybe two or three out of those trades might not be winning trades, but then when you do have winning trades that might kind of like balance it out or you might make some profit. There are some weeks and sometimes when you're not going to have all successful trades and you're going to have like a negative balance or whatnot, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, just off of my own personal like experience and my own personal trades. Um, I mean, lately I've been in a hell of a losing streak, but, uh, but most of my, I guess you could say strategy or, or um, portfolio is, I would say I'm probably about like either, either like a 51%, maybe a little bit less than 50 win streak in, okay. in my trades. But I make most of my profits when there's a, a large volatile move. So like when we dumped from, where was it? I think it was um, the right shoulder right before the market crashed really violently. Um, when, when we dumped there, I was going long. And then I saw the whole stuff of Europe um, getting closed or America closing out um, travels to and from Europe and the price dumped. Um, and, and I quickly flipped position, but when we had that, that crazy volatile drive down, that's when I usually like to go like degen long or degen uh, high leverage and you ride at that momentum. That's called momentum trading. And, and I feel like a lot of individuals 
can take advantage of that, but it, it only happens every so often. So for the most, most of the time, I'm getting chopped up in between while I wait for those sort of trades. And then I just go all in and, and those are the most profitable trades, to be honest with you. Are those trades a momentum trades? Do you think that's more luck or do you think that's more technical analysis or how do you explain your, you being su successful with those moves? Um, I, I wouldn't say it's luck. I think it's more like just being active at the time. Like you have to actually sit and track the markets like 24 seven. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're active and you see that like there's, you know, a, a big pump up or a big breakout like happening, like right now we're consolidating and it looks like there's like an ascending triangle happening. So if, if you just wait, I'm right now I'm in a long, but if you just wait, or if I just wait it um, until that actual breakout happens and you trade the micros and you see it live, then you can buy in right when the breakout happens and sort of ride the momentum upwards and then scalp it. You know, if you're, you're if you're in a high leverage long, let's say, uh, you know, 10 X or something like that, then that, uh, that pump upwards, if it goes up 10%, that's a hundred percent trade right there. And you, uh, you know, you just profit off of that and then wait up, wait a few months if it if need be if you're if you're patient i'm not patient i usually get chopped up afterwards <laughs> but you can wait a little bit and then wait for that same sort of thing to happen and then do it again so how do you feel about the people that will have like two different trades open like maybe someone has like a short like a long term let's say they feel like the market's super bearish so they have a long-term short open but then they like they're like scalping long positions so there's, I mean, I, I, I used to do the same when I was uh, trading a lot more actively, but basically you're going to have different portfolios or different accounts, sub accounts, whatever, um, to practice different strategies on. So, uh, you know, one, one could be a swing trade account, one could be an investment account, the other one could be a day trade scalping account. Um, I used to do the same thing, but it's really nerve wracking when you're scalping and like day trading. <laughs> so I tend to, to stay away from that nowadays and um and just focus on more like swing trading or at least like one one trade a day sort of a thing uh but i think i think it's a it's a if, if you have the time for it and the patience and the discipline for it then it's definitely a good strategy do you recommend people start off like scalping right away like what type of like when you first started trading like what what kind of trades were you really getting in because at first you said you used to like kind of buy and hold and then split that way and then until you learn to trade you learn some technical analysis you learned about markets different things like that so what do you what do you think about that um i think that the excuse me i'm drinking wine <laughs> i think that the uh i think the the best thing for people to start off with, I do think is scalping low time frame, you know, 10 minute, five minute time frames, Ooh. And just, <laughs> yeah. And just, I know it sounds degenerate, but start with that and don't start with leverage spot markets only. Okay. Um, and, and the reason why I say that is because, because you're trading the low time frames, you get exposed to a lot more trading patterns, a lot more opportunities to trade. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make a lot of money, but that gives you more experience. So, you know, if you're trading the daily or if you're trading the, the weekly, this for, if, if you actually want to be like a professional trader, right? Um, mm -hmm. If you're just being an investor, then by all means swing trade and look at the monthly and the weekly. But if you're trying to do this as like, you know, your profession, um, then start off scalping the low leverages just so you can gain more experience on seeing the, the possibilities and the potentials of a pattern breaking out a certain way or, um, you know, just to like practice a lot of your stuff, let's say you're a harmonic trader and you're just like um, learning the, the mathematics behind it and where the target should be, et cetera, et cetera. Scalping the low, low leverage timeframe or low um, 
the low time frames will give you a lot more exposure to the market in terms of experience. How and then long, after that, you can build up on hourly and all that. Sorry, I got excited. How long did it take you to become a professional trader and like do this for work? Um, well, thankfully, I was lucky enough to start off, you know, basically at the bottom of, of the 2017 rally. Um, so with that, you know, everybody was making money. And of course, everybody was a genius. I mean, I, you know, I, I used to consider myself a genius. A savant. But, yeah, like, oh, I'm, I'm so I'm so smart, blah, blah. And then 2018 happened. And, you know, that definitely woke me up a little bit. <laughs> but um, but thankfully, because I started in 2017, I was able to uh, profit and gain experience the entire way up. Um, and then, I mean, I started investing before 2017, but actively day trading that year was good because it allowed me to make the mistakes that I made. Right. Um, and uh, sorry, I thought I heard something else. And because of that, because of that sort of cushion that I had, um, it helped sustain my drive to continue this. And eventually after a while, it takes a while, it takes, you know, a good, I would say eight months plus to find your groove and get into something that actually makes profits um, to live off of. Now, one thing that I do want to say though, for everybody, especially the people that like to say, oh, if you're a professional trader, why are you shelling ref links or why are you making YouTube Mul videos? That, or whatever, multiple, <laughs> multiple income streams. Why not? Yeah. Why not? But, but one thing that I want to say to everybody is do not get your hopes up and thinking that you're going to be a millionaire in a year. You know, uh, I'm, I'm a professional trader. I do this as a profession, but even as like someone who's making 300 K a year, that's good money, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's definitely a profession. But when you're doing making 300 K a year with crypto or trading, you're not making 300 K. You, you're, exactly. you're not taking that out of the market. You have to keep it in the market to mm -hmm. make sure that, you know, uh, you have a cushion for when you make a losing streak. You have, um, uh, uh, excuse me, you, you have enough to diversify in, you know, if you want to diversify to other investments, let's say real estate, right? You pull out 200 K. Let's say you make 300 K in, in, in one year, you pull out 200 K cause you want to buy a house. Now you have hundred K and then you go on a losing streak. You lose 50% of that. Now you have 50 K and, and now, and then you have to use the 2% rule on top of that. So your trading capital is like nothing compared to what it was. And people think that like, Oh, just because you're not, you know, just because you're showing a ref link or you're making a YouTube video or, or whatever the case may be that like, you can't do that. Cause Oh, if you're a professional trader, you know, you, sh you must be a millionaire billionaire. That's not how it works. If, if you're looking to get into um, trading as a profession, be realistic. Yes. There's good money involved, but you also have to practice a lot of risk management to ensure that sort of situation that I said doesn't um, happen to you. Because if you keep all the money in there and you go on a losing streak, that 300 K can become 150 K. And then you just lost the opportunity for a house that you could have bought. And then, you know, you, you just continue doing the same BS every single day. Well, also too, like with, with, like with Bitcoin, for example, like if you leave, like, let's say you make $150,000 and you leave it in Bitcoin and the market tanks, like your portfolio can go from like $150,000 to like a hundred thousand dollars, just from keeping it kind of in the market, even if you're not in a trade. So there's that to consider too, because some people don't, they want to keep it in Bitcoin. They don't want to tr um, turn it over to Tether or whatever stable coin. So there's that factor too, that a lot of people don't, that don't pay attention to, I think. 
Um, so one of the things that I actually like to sort of chill in terms of education or, or like one of the one of the biggest tips that I like to give to people is to always pull money out of the market. And what I mean by pull money out of the market is not put it in Tether. Don't, you know, send it a Coinbase and keep it in USD. Don't, uh, don't keep it in Bitcoin. I mean, take it out of the entire market into your bank account 100% where it is a, it would be a pain and it would cost you money with the bank transfers to actually get back into anything that you can use to trade crypto. Okay. And the, and the reason why is because trading in general is addicting. It's, I think there was like a research that came out saying that it has the same effects on your mind as cocaine does, pure cocaine. Gosh. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it is definitely a, a gambling addiction, especially if you, you, know, you can't seem to get away from it. Um, but it, it, with that in mind, always make sure that you take money out of the market, put it into your bank account. And once it's in your bank, bank account, hard to get back into the market, then you can consider it profits until it's, until it's there. It is not profits in my opinion. So one, one of the things always take money out of the markets because you always have a losing streak and you have to diversify either in real estate or, or just confirm those profits. No, that makes total sense because like one of the things that I, like when I first started, I just kept all my stuff in crypto and like, mm -hmm. I would, I would take profits, but I would just leave it in Bitcoin. And like, we were, I think at that point it was like after it was summer, I think, cause I got in in November, 2017. And then like, I, you know, I was trading, you know, that's when I learned how to trade and I would just kept my money in Bitcoin. So obviously like I have these profits from like 17,000, 15,000, 14,000, 13,000 and in Bitcoin and I didn't cash it out into actual fiat. So I was like, shit. Like, so I learned, that's how I learned my lesson. And I would hate for somebody else to kind of experience that. And don't, and also you guys too, one thing you're going to see accounts on Twitter tell you to do X, Y, and Z, or call you a pleb if you do this, or call you, you know, a, a knob or a noob if you do this. A knob. A knob. <laughs> I am a knob. I'm just kidding. Um, but they're going to tell you those things, but do what you need to do. Like if you have bills, you need to take fee, you need to cash your profits out and pay your bills. Like just don't keep it in Bitcoin because you have FOMO and fear of missing out. Like we've been in... I don't think we're in a bear market anymore with crypto, but we're not where we need to be yet. Like we still haven't broken that $14,000 mark. So that's just, that's just my personal opinion. I'm glad that you said that, but let's talk a little bit about, um, let's talk a little bit about indicators. What are your mm -hmm. favorite indicators and what, what, what works for you? Because everybody's got a different pattern. There's a lot of people that are doing like naked charts. Now there's a lot of people that do like RSI trading or MACD trading or Bollinger Band trading. So what works for you? Um, that's a little bit of a, a, of a, not necessarily a toughie, but it's, uh, my answer is a little, a little bit tricky, I guess you could say. Um, what works for me depends on the market environment and sort of the data, the active dat trade data that I've had, um, with whatever the market environment currently is. So, uh, for example, or to basically decipher that a little bit, I, personally trade a lot of Ichimoku cloud. Um, I, I, I like Ichimoku indicator. It's, it's an all in one indicator. So, you know, you can do a, a you, you get a wide range of signals using that. Um, but sometimes like lately, especially the Ichimoku cloud, I haven't been able to read or decipher market environments or the market movements using it. So sometimes, um, 
you know, it, it, it helps me, it makes me stick to a certain bias. Like, you know, if the trend is bullish, but I'm just reading nothing but bearishness on Ichimoku and it just continues to happen. Then I'll cut out Ichimoku for a period of time, you know, wait, like, like put it, put it on the back burner, just take it off my charts and then just chart naked for a while and use another strategy that I'm comfortable with, which is basically like uh, pattern trading and um, divergences or, or whatever the case is. Uh, but if, if you're in, if you're running into a losing streak, try to, you know, take away the noise, take away a lot of the ind indicators that you're using. Cause a lot of people use way too many indicators in my opinion. And, um, and, and use naked charts. I think that's why a lot of people are using them now, or they enjoy using naked charts, which means, you know, just price action. It doesn't have anything to do with any sort of indicators or anything like that. But, um, if you're charting naked charts, then the only things you have to go off of is basically patterns, you know, uh, trend lines and uh, candlestick price action patterns. Um, and, and those are solid fundamentals in technical analysis. Now, after you get back on a, on a winning streak or you just sort of want to, uh, you feel comfortable bringing more indicators back into the fold, then that's where I'll bring on RSI and Ichimoku. And sometimes I, I play with a little bit of uh, other indicators, but the, my, my primary ones are definitely um, RSI and Ichimoku. Can you give us like a really quick summary of like all the different things that Ichimoku does? I know you can use it like for support and resistance. I forget if the, the Ichimoku clouds, um, I forget if it's using moving averages or not. And I know that there's something called Ichimoku twist where if that, you know, those clouds twist that it can indicate a reversal. Yeah. So the, um, for, if, if you guys want a, a, a quick little, well, not a quick, I think it's like 30, 40 minutes long, <laughs> but uh, I have a tutorial on Ichimoku clouds on my, on my YouTube channel. I uh, just searched, I'm not the wolf on YouTube, but, um, but basically the green clouds on Ichimoku indicates uh, support clouds, you know, buy clouds. Um, and, and whether the price is above or below the clouds means that it's going to be um, resistance or support. So if, if the price is really far away, let's say, let's say the price is dumping and it dumps under the clouds and it's really far away from wherever the clouds are at, that that gap between the 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 candlestick pattern or the candlesticks the actual price and wherever the cloud cloud is at if it gets too far apart that indicates um an oversold territory and you know vice versa if it's way too far above the clouds then it indicates an overbought territory so that helps you quickly figure out if something is oversold or overbought so with altcoins i almost always use ichimoku cloud because i'll just go on the daily and go through all the different alts on Binance because I don't have enough time to actually chart all these different <laughs> different right. alts, right? Takes like a hundred of them. Yeah. <laughs> but with that, I'll go on Binance and use like the daily um, time frame and use the Ichimoku cloud. And I'll look for whatever looks really oversold. Like it's under the clouds and it's way far from the clouds. Then once I see that it's an oversold territory in Ichimoku, then I'll actually, you know, do the traditional TA with, um, uh, with RSI bullish divergences or whatever the case may be. And that helps me find the ones that I should really pay attention to. Um, with Bitcoin, it's sort of the same thing, except, you know, it just, you're just tracking Bitcoin. Um, there's so much on the Ichimoku. It's a lot to cover. There's Kumo twist, which yeah. is what you're talking about. There's the, the Tenkan Sen and the Kijun act as moving averages. And, um, yeah, if one goes over the other, then 
and it crosses over but i think it's a little bit too much for for the podcast <laughs> yeah yeah no that's fine so um, make sure you send me the link because i'm going to put it in the description so people right. can kind of go and do that i have my own series but i have that the chimoku cloud is something i didn't do just because it is very complex there's a lot of things to it and you, i would need like a couple hours to make a video about it and yours is you said 30 minutes somewhere some, something like that yeah it's a it's still pretty long and you know unfortunately whenever you're teaching you know technical analysis it's not really much uh funness you can put in it right. so everything's always dry but uh but it I, I i'd like to think that it's a pretty good video so if you guys want to check that out go go ahead and let me know what you think all right so let's talk about what edge do you think you have or let's let's talk about the edge in trading edge um what makes you better than someone else I don't think anything makes me better than someone. Uh, you know, I've been wrecked more times than I can count. I've been, uh, uh, let me let me not say the other the other half of that, but uh, I've been, I've I've <laughs> I've done I've done well multiple times, and and I've been wrecked multiple times. Um, it's just a case of perseverance and and persistence. Um, yeah, persistence. Really. Uh, thank you. Yeah, that's the word that I'm. I was like for it, but um. It's it, it's always a it's just something that you have to struggle with every day. Um, fortunately, I've had the points where I've told you, you know, whenever you trade the whenever I trade the large momentum swings, that's when I make the most money. Um, thankfully, a lot of those wins have been able to hold me over for a long period of time. Um, but for the most part, I mean, I don't I, I don't think I I don't think I would say that I'm better than anyone else out there. I shouldn't have said that what, what makes you better than someone else, but like that's that's the first thing that came in my mind when I hear the word edge because people are different. They have they have different skills that they're better at than other people that makes them unique. Yeah. Um so I guess I guess one of the I, the edge I guess you could say that I have is that I track the mar the market a lot. Um and it allows me to catch those like really big swings that sort of makes me the majority of my profits. Um and, and what I mean by that, to give you an example that I, I, I like to shield and I like to give a lot, is that like, this is how committed I am to my profession. This desk that I'm sitting at right now is, and, and it's everywhere I go, because you know, I'm a digital nomad and I like to travel, but everywhere I go, I always push up my trading desk, whatever, my work desk, whatever, up to my bed. So there, yeah, so there's always like my bed and then there's always a desk attached right next to it. And I have, you know, a uh, shitty little monitor that I take with me everywhere because if it breaks, whatever, I have to buy a new one. And then I have my work laptop, which is a beast, thank God. But um, but whenever I go to sleep, I always turn the monitor around. If I'm in a position, I turn the monitor around and I sleep with the LEDs basically there. You know, you use flux to turn off the, the blue light and whatever. And, uh, and then I put on alerts and I put the volume on loud if, if there is a position that I'm in. So if I'm sleeping, something happens, you know, the price is dumping or pumping like crazy, I can wake up and actively trade and, and do whatever needs to be done. But that's like, that's how committed I am to, to this profession. It's a shitty lifestyle, but, but, uh, but I, you I get to work from home though. You get to work from home. You get to work on essentially on your schedule and you get to travel. There's a lot of, there's a lot of perks to it, but like, like you guys, if you guys paid attention to what he said, he's got his desk right by his bed. He has alert set. He's waking up. He's disturbing his household <laughs> to pay the bills. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, 
you know, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into it. There's, it's not just, it's not just easy. It's not just like, okay, well, I'm going to throw the Ichimoku cloud on. I'm going to scan some finance alls. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do a lot of winning trades. There's a lot that goes into it. And then also knowing when to take profit, when to cash out completely. Um, any type of secrets that you have for anyone, like any pro tips? Oh yeah. Uh, so first you, you buy low and then you sell high. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually just learned that today. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> no. So uh, I guess pro tips is uh, one, if you're leverage trading, first off, you shouldn't be leverage trading unless you have, I think at least like, like I said, I think like eight months experience in trading. Um, I, I like to show, show, you know, buy a bit ref links and, and all that, but that's just me um, providing, you know, an exchange for people that are interested in leverage trading. So one of the things that a lot of, in the, a lot of the cryptocurrency community and, and, um, and uh, influencers get a lot of flack for is showing these sort of reference. But you have to understand just because we, we say, hey, this is a leverage exchange doesn't mean that everyone, all of my followers should be using this. No, exactly. I always, I always tell people like, unless you have a lot of experience, you shouldn't really be using leverage trading. I don't care if you're in a paid group. I don't care if, if you know, whatever, unless you're like maybe using a bot, right? Um, because you're not trading. That's a well, bot. even even then, that's a separate conversation. Because even with the bot, you still have to make sure and do your research that it's going to do well. Because sometimes people are like, "I got a bot. I have this. I have that." They're going to charge yeah. you a couple hundred dollars a month, and you're going to lose money. So yeah, I, yeah, I think I think I know what you're talking about. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, you have to you have to do research on the bot. You have to understand what what type of bot it is. Um, and, and also you have to understand if, if the bot has too much capital. So like, I think the bot that you're talking about, I'm actually, I actually wasn't, but I'm just, um, this is like, that oh, was okay. like a, that was like a general statement because there's people, like I see people that are shilling all kinds of stuff. And I always like, I always do videos about them and I'm like, I always, you know, I see something on Twitter. That's a little bit off to me. I don't necessarily call that person out, but I always tell my audience like, Hey, I saw this, maybe pay attention or not pay attention to it because I, and I don't want people getting wrecked. Like I don't sell any service. I just me like on camera talking. So, but I like to kind of warn people to pay, pay attention to be safe. With, with algo trading, right? So if you want to, even if you want to get into algo trading, you have to do your research on, on algos, on, on that sort of part of, on, on that part of trading. So if, if a bot has too much capital and may work against it because it, it may work against its own strategy because um, it could break whatever uh, whatever strategy is at play, or if it has that much liquidity and there's, let's say, a really strong market maker that hunts large liquidity like that, then they could actually counter trade the bot. So I don't know if that's the case with it, but but I do think that it's kind of pushing the limits there in terms of how how um, subscribed it is because it is it, it is a trend bot. So with the trend bot. Uh, you know, it usually just buys and sells whenever there's a lot of consolidation, just flipping positions and it, and it catches the big waves um, going up or down. So if, if, there's a, if there's a market maker or a whale or let's say an algo or a quant bot, which there's plenty of really, really smart ones like institutional um, level ones. If there is something like that that's hunting liquidity and it sees that that this bot is providing a lot of liquidity. There's so many different ways that one can look at that. And that's a lot of assumptions. Um, but, but I do think that, that the choppiness 
uh, definitely I think has pushed a few people away from the, um, from the algo trading stuff. So with that being said, it doesn't necessarily mean that all algos are, are bad. You just have to, you know, do your research and understand algos as they work. I mean, I'm still using Gainsy right now. I mean, I'm just using it for the long term and seeing if it, if it, if, if it'll pick up over the long term, but, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a bit choppy to say the least. <laughs> is it, is it true with bots that like some bots are really good in a bull market, but then when a bear market happens, some are not good that way, like depending on how the algo set up. So that's another thing that we do that traders do need to consider somebody that wants to automate their trades is that how well did this bot perform in the bull market and the bear market or for sure, you know, in different time frames too. Yeah, definitely. Um, bots are usually when they're programmed and that's why a lot of people don't like to take back testing into full account, usually like live trading, because if, if you're gearing a bot towards, let's say a six month back test, then that six months may be a completely different market environment than current market environments. So even though it was profitable back then, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be profitable right now. Um, so, and back testing means just, you know, takes the history and, you know, does paper trades to see how it, it would perform. Um, now I, I don't, I guess you could say some bots are better in bull markets, some bots are better in bear markets, but I, I like to think that um, it depends on the strategy. So the main sort of bots that there are is the market maker bot is basically a grid bot where it plays on the spread, the price is right here and it just does limit orders. And as, as the, the spread goes off, you know, it, it follows it up and down. It's a market maker bot. Um, a trend bot is when it, it loses money whenever the price is going sideways, but then as the price pumps or dumps, that's where it makes a lot of its profit. That's basically what Gainsey's bot is. Um, and then there's the scalper bots, which basically turn off during these large pushes or, or dumps during the large moves, and they make their profits whenever it's consolidating. So they okay. like scalp the lower time frames, and those are basically scalping bots, um, range bots, whatever you want to call it. And, and those are the three most popular sort of trades or, or um, strategies for bots. And you just have to figure out which one you like. Usually it's best to have a trend bot and a scout bot so that you can you know, have exposure to both sorts of uh, strategies and, and market movements. But, but with that being said, you just have to know what you're, uh, what you're signing up for. And let's say if, if you're using a trend bot, and you're getting chopped up, you know, you buy in and it's in a ranging period. So it's going to get chopped up. Usually uh, uh, trend bots get scalped up, get chopped up in a, in a ranging period. But if you buy in at the beginning of a range, then that's the drawback because you, you're losing a bunch okay. during that range. And then you wait for the pump or the dump to happen. And that's when you make your money back and hopefully go into profits. Hopefully. Yeah, keyword, key, keyword, guys. <laughs> um, really quick, I have a couple more things I want to touch on, like two or three things. But what are your thoughts on paper trading for those that are interested in getting started in trading? Like, do you, are you bullish on paper trading? Do you think it's a waste? Like, what? Because I always tell people, I say, go like, especially like people that come to my channel. I says if you guys want to practice margin trading, use like Bybit Testnet or Femex Testnet, that type of stuff, so that they kind of get a feel to how the, how to use the exchange and how that works. Well, for, for how to use the exchange, yes, I definitely recommend, you know, obviously use paper trades or, or like just put a hundred bucks and just use $1 per trade or something like that. Um, now for actual learning how to trade, I 
don't necessarily recommend paper trading because that when, when you're paper trading, it removes a, a huge hurdle in, um, in, in, in trading, which is the psychological factor. So when you're, when you're trading your own hard earned cash and it goes underwater and you're seeing that you're down, you know, 10%, 5%, however much, you know, exposure you have to the market. Um, that completely changes your trading mentality as opposed to paper trades where you can just place a stop, place to take profit and just let it run. Like you don't care, right? Whatever. If it, if it, if it wins, it wins. If it loses, then it loses. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Um, even though some people would like to say, oh, I'm going to treat it like my own money. That's, you can't, um, th that's like a, a fight between the ego and the super ego. You cannot control your super ego. You cannot control the subconscious behind all of your, your thoughts. So that's where I tell people, you know, if you're actually trying to learn how to actively trade, don't paper trade because if, if that's all you learn and that's all you know, and then you go into live trading, you're going to be, you're going to have overconfidence and then you're going to get wrecked because that psychological factor is going to come into play and you're going to start doubting yourself while having overconfidence. And then that's just a recipe for disaster. Okay. So that makes, I can get behind that. That makes sense. Um, so two more questions. So what advice do you have for somebody new that is interested in learning to either trade cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, and I like to, I like to make differentiate between Bitcoin and crypto currencies and altcoins mm -hmm. because they're very different markets, <laughs> extremely yeah. different. Um, so, or even traditional stocks, what is your advice to brand new people that are like, Hey, I want to trade. Um, definitely start small. And what I mean by small is like, just throw a hundred bucks. Right. And trade, if you can turn that hundred bucks into a thousand bucks, then, then consider that a win, right? Then turn that thousand bucks into 10,000 bucks. If you can turn that thousand bucks, 10,000 bucks, then you could potentially throw in more money to, to start trading. Now that's a really hard, super hard goal. And more than likely by the time you're, while you're doing that, by the time you get to 10,000 or before you even get to 10,000, let's say you made a thousand and then you go up to 5,000 and then you get liquidated or whatever, right? Or whatever, whatever the case is, you, you, you go into a losing streak, or whatever, before you even get to that, that, that 10,000, you will gain enough confidence to actually invest money, like real money to start playing with. Um, but start off small, start off with a hundred bucks and see how high you can go. And that way, if you know, if you lose it or or whatever the case is, um, you, you you can you it's just a hundred bucks that you invested, and then you can try again. You can reload it with another hundred bucks, but just start off really really slow and until you gain that confidence to where you say, okay, I'm gonna aim for let's say a hundred k, and I'm gonna throw down five grand, ten grand, whatever the case is, however much exposure you want in the market, um, and then go from there. But start off slow. The second thing that I want to sec, second tip that I want to give is if you're looking to trade altcoins and you're bullish on Bitcoin, then don't. <laughs> that's that's a that's a, a kind of a, a hypocritical thing. If you're bullish on Bitcoin and altcoins are paired against Bitcoin, then altcoins are always in a permanently bear market. Um, now that's not saying that altcoins will not have altcoin season when they spring up. They have there's different cycles, but um, try to focus on one or the other more so than uh, both of them or, or just try to trade the cycle. So if you're interested in altcoins, track Bitcoin dominance. 
And whenever Bitcoin dominance looks bearish, then that's when you get into altcoins. Don't waste your time charting a hundred different altcoins um, because if the Bitcoin dominance isn't there, if, if the signals on the dominance isn't there, then the signals on all of the altcoins are either going to be false flags or um, just a waste of time for the most part. So try to focus on that. Crypto, the crypto market is different. It's not just Bitcoin, but it is just Bitcoin. So, so yeah. So before we get going, I want to thank you for coming on and hanging out with me on this glorious day. I don't even know what day it is, but <laughs> before we get going, go ahead and show yourself Is it, if there's anything that you want, like if you have a group, if you have a service, if there's any, like anything you want to leave the audience with. Uh, yeah, I have a, I have a group. It's, uh, it's paid, but it's not really. I mean, I give, I, I give out 90 day free trials and stuff. Um, it's mostly just I'm, I'm actually monetizing the payment platform to be um, a Patreon competitor, I guess you could say. Okay. So it's going to serve as an example in the future. Um, but if you guys want to join the Discord group, it's uh, wolfpack.imnotthewolf.com. All you got to do is sign up and just wait until I give you like, you know, 30 days, 90 days. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to automate it soon. Um, but but if you want to chat on there, you can, you can chat on there. If you guys want to follow me on Twitter at I'm not the wolf and also on YouTube, mm -hmm. I just started a YouTube channel. Um, I have my own podcast, Bitcoin under the influence where I drink. You should come on next week, by the way. I, I will do my best. I got <laughs> to check my schedule. I'm doing mom, mom life over here. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you, you got to drink though. That's, that's yeah. one of the, <laughs> that's one of the, the caveats. I the will, show. I will have, I'll have a fancy glass of wine or an 805. But as, <laughs> as far as your group though, is it more, is it like more signals or is it more education? Like what's the benefit of somebody wanted, somebody that's watching this, that they wanted to join it? Um, well, I mean, it's just, it's just analysis. I don't, I don't like to do like signals anymore because, you know, then you, then you have to micromanage and it's just like a huge headache. And like, to be honest with you, the money is not worth the headache. Um, and, and, and then you get a lot of like, you know, people, people get people scammer get, yeah. and like all that stupid shit. So like, uh, I, I am, I am monetizing my content, but thankfully, you know, I, I got a sponsor for, for my YouTube channel. So that's enough for me for monetization. Um, you know, I show the ref links, which is, which is good, but obviously if you guys are not, um, you know, experienced in trading, then don't, don't participate in leverage trading. <laughs> um, but aside from that, like I just, I just mostly trade and, and trying to build this, uh, this multiple different businesses i guess you could see on the side and uh and yeah all right well wolf thank you so much for coming on it was a pleasure and you guys um all his stuff all his contact will be below if you've got any questions anything he said make sure you reach out to him don't ask me because i don't use a Chimoko cloud <laughs> <laughs> so you can reach out to him he's got that video and then he's posting a lot of content on youtube which is going to be free you guys can check it out and are you doing like daily analysis on youtube or what um what are you doing uh, there so it's actually it's uh it's three times a week. I don't do daily because I think daily is kind of uh, is is just too much repetitiveness. There's not that much that happens within 24 hours. Um, so it's three times a week. It's Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard, um, which is like you know just right after the market opens, um, the stock market opens, and uh, and then on Sundays at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and I cover. Bitcoin, altcoins, um, gold, S&P 500, and then whatever sort of requests people have, whether it's legacy markets or, uh, or altcoins or, or whatever. 
but yeah, I mean, I, I, I do that. So if you guys want to pop in and, and hit a, hit a subscribe and go right ahead, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> like comment, subscribe, set alerts. All yeah. right. Well, well, thank you so much for your time and yeah. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye.